Well, welcome to Light Church. It's so good to see you today. I'm fully equipped with some um, with some strepsils today. I feel like it is. Um, I feel Holly's saying don't because they make a noise when I eat them. Don't worry, I'm not going to eat them during speaking. I'm just saying. For some reason, in this room, I don't know why anyone else experiences this, but I find it so dry in here sometimes. So I get really dry mouth. So if you see me popping one of those. That's what it is. Uh, but if this is your very, very first time, I hope you feel at home. I hope you feel like you're amongst family because that is the truth. And uh, if you're visiting, just like Holly said, uh, what a day for you to come on, uh, on Vision Sunday, where we get to uh, look at what God is calling us to as a church, uh, look ahead. And um, I, I feel like these are really significant days, but I want us to be super, super clear from the very, very beginning. Um, you know, we as, as a church, we have loads of ideas and we have loads of plans and we have loads of things that, um, you know, we want to do as people. And I'm sure you have loads of ideas of things that you want the church to be doing and loads of things that you want to do in your own life. Um, but I read a scripture this morning. It's when Jesus is talking to Peter and he says, you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church. And I want us to be super clear from the very, very beginning that we as Light Church, this is this church belongs to Jesus and it is Jesus who builds his church and we have the immense privilege of being a part of what he is doing in this community at this time through this church. So I, I stand here not with um, just uh, little ideas and things that we think would be cute for us to move forward or schemes to grow the church or things to push us forward in some, in some way. But I believe that these are things that God has placed within us that he is calling us into, calling us into the future for this church. So um, we've been talking about this as a, as a board for the last three months or so. And uh, I'm very, very excited. So we're going to jump straight in this morning. And uh, Lucy, if you could flick up the first screen for me. So every single church exists to do the same thing. We exist to worship God, we exist to equip Christians, and we exist to reach the world. That's essentially what every church is there to do, is to worship God, to give God honor and praise, to equip Christians and grow Christians, and uh, then to reach the world. But every single church is placed differently and graced differently, it almost like a different flavor of those core purposes, that core mission of the church. And uh, we're all placed in a community, so every church is in a different location, which means that it should feel like that location. And then every church is graced to do something slightly different. So when we talk about who we are as a church, we're not talking about our fundamental purpose, because we know the church is Jesus's, it's his idea, it's his way of working through the world. When we talk about who we are as Light Church, we're talking about that flavor. We're talking about something that God wants to do through us specifically as a people. And we belong to the kingdom of God. We belong to the global church. And that expression is so diverse and beautiful. And we see the heart of God throughout the church around the world. And we get to play our part in that. So I want to frame today with that and before we jump in. Um, we as a church, our flavor, Lucy, if you flick to the next thing, our mission as a church, our flavor as a church is this, helping people step into their future through the life-changing message of Jesus. That's what we've always been about. We've always been about helping people find their eternal future in Jesus. Through relationship with Him, through being transformed by Him, people's eternal future can completely change. And then I believe that every single one of us has future place within us to live out and to create here on this earth. Maybe that's the first time you've ever heard that, that no matter how old you are, no matter what you've done, I believe that God has placed future and purpose within you. And we as a church are here to help bring that out, to equip you to do what God has called you to do. That's why we're here. And as a church, we have some values and these are how we go about doing that. We have seven values of a, as our church. And I love these values. Every time I read them, it just inspires me. And I believe that as we've begun to live these out as a church, we've seen so many of these things in and through everything that we do. So we will be a church that pursues the heart of God. We will be a church that multiplies and grows. A church that talks with its hands. A church that has a voice of influence. A church that makes kings and queens. One that expresses its essential creativity and one that builds a genuine family. That's who we are as a church. That's our flavor. That's how we go about doing what God has asked us to do. 
So that kind of frames us again. We know what the global church exists to do. We know what our flavor is. But every single year, we believe that God kind of like gives us a focus or a theme or just a nudge in the right direction. And uh, I, I feel like these themes are really helpful for, for us as a team and for you as a church and for us as a family. Because it's kind of like you, if you've ever played in a sports team, you, you would hear a coach every now and again say, okay, today we're going to work on your long game if you play golf. Or today we're going to work on your weaker foot if you play football. You know what I mean? Where they, they kind of say, we're going to focus on something. And these themes or these focuses that we have every year in our Vision Sundays, that's like God saying to the church, hey, we're going to work on something different this year. We're going we're gonna to lean into, I'm going to lead you through something. If, if you're going to be a church that helps people discover the future place within them and falls in love with Jesus and follows them with everything, then you're going to have to work on this this year. So last year, we believed that God called us into this theme or this focus of conviction, that we were to be a people of conviction. We define conviction as a deeply rooted or strongly held belief in something or someone. And uh, we, we looked through a whole load of stuff. We looked at conviction and identity, conviction in Christ, conviction in worship, conviction in holiness, Conviction in generosity, conviction in who we are as Bible-believing Christians. And I believe that God used this last year to deepen us as a church. He needed to do something in us before he would do something through us. So this past 12 months, I really believe that God has worked on us. If you imagine the picture of the oak tree, before it grows really, really tall and really, really wide, what does it do? It grows really deep. And that's what God wanted to do. For us as a church, this 12, last 12 months, he wanted to deepen us before he does something with us. So last year, our, 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 um, our theme was conviction. And this year, Lucy, if you flick to the next slide for me, I believe that God has placed this on our heart this year, that we will be a people that operate with this by invitation only. By invitation only. Now, this year, I believe that God has spoken to us and I believe that God is calling us into a season of boldness and into a season of growth. I believe that it is time for us to go out. That while God has done something in us, now he wants to use us to do something through us, to do something with us. I believe that God is calling us into a season where we will go out. To be a people of invitation. I know this could sound really exclusive, right? By invitation only. When do we hear this phrase? Well, we usually see it on the door of a party or a venue, or we'll see it somewhere, uh, you know, that basically is saying you cannot come in unless you have an invitation, right? So you would see this on the door and you might be like, oh, I don't really have an invitation. I can't go in that room. When you read the term by invitation only, your mind or mine at least did when I first heard it was, oh, that sounds really exclusive. But I want you to imagine that you've all been invited to a party. And when you get to the party, there is an unlimited supply of invitations. And the duty or the role of every single person that is in that party is to invite as many people as possible. It no longer is an exclusive statement, but a mission. It's no longer a statement that excludes people, but a statement that challenges the church to step up into something new. What starts as a, and maybe some churches are caught in the first part of that where you can only come if your face fits. The invitation is you have to look a certain way or your invitation is you have to worship a certain way or your invitation is you can't have that history like you do. Otherwise you could come in. But I don't believe that that is the church that we are being called to be and I don't believe that's the church that God would call anyone to be. We are a church that is saying, every single one of us, we have a role, a duty, we have a challenge that God wants to use you to reach the people in your world. This isn't some corporate grow the church scheme. This isn't some you know, thing to get more bums on seats. This isn't something to invite people to church. What do I mean by invitation? To offer it as simple as this, to be a people of invitation is to invite people into the presence of Jesus. Is to invite people to know hope. 
is to invite people into purpose, is to invite people into the peace of God, to invite people into his church, to invite people into your lives. Okay, in the West, we don't like that one. I heard someone say that in Bible times, they would have large tables and low fences. In other words, there were no boundaries between people and they would sit around the table and have community. But today in the West, what is it? We have high fences and small tables. Okay, we like to sit around our tables and do our own thing. And I've been there. I'm like that as well. And I'm not saying it's totally wrong. But I believe that God is infusing something in the church this year. He's calling us to be a people that live open lives, that invite people into our spaces, to invite people into our lives. Why? So that people can see that this message is not just something that we believe in our head, but something that has transformed us from the inside out, something we cannot but share with people. I'm excited. I believe that. God is going to use us this year. That as we, as his church, take on this challenge, step into this place where we don't hear this phrase and think, oh, I can go to this exclusive church by invitation only. I have an invitation. I was there on Vision Sunday. But actually you would take this and understand that because you are here, you are now, you have a role, a duty to go into your world, wherever that is, whatever it is you are doing, and carry the message and person of Jesus. If you think about some really, really prolific um, sort of speakers or pastors or people that saw so many people saved, for example, like Billy Graham. Where did it start with Billy Graham when you know hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions, became Christians through what Billy Graham did? Everyone tells the story about the young guy who invited Billy Graham to church in the first place. All it took was an invitation. Was it just the invitation to the church meeting or do you think it was the invitation into questions, invitations into the life of the person? Think about Nicky Gumbel, an atheist who believed that there was no God. He was anti-God and someone invited him to come to hear more about Jesus. His life radically changed and he started the Alpha Course, which hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people have gotten saved through doing. How did it start? An invitation. An invitation just to the church meeting or an invitation to do life with someone? An invitation to be known by someone? An invitation to be loved by someone? This year, I believe God is calling his church. Will you take on the challenge? And I want to make it very clear to us this morning as well. You might be like, oh, the year of by invitation only. That we, we did conviction last year, completed it. We did it got conviction now we can we can forget about the conviction and we can do the inviting thing now nah, nah. the by invitation only stuff is not instead of conviction it's because of our conviction okay god has not just taken us on this journey for the last year to deepen us for us to suddenly become shallow people and it's about getting as many people in the room not bothered it's about god using this place of depth within his people that he has deepened us, he's created something in us, this deep, strongly rooted belief in who he is. And it is the overflow of our conviction that causes us to be a people of invitation. It is built on the top of what God has already done. So you might be like, sounds nice, but what about the Bible? Well, let's look at the Bible. Lucy, flick the next screen for me. I want us to look at this verse to start off with Romans chapter 10. And I'm going to read it out and we're going to look at this real quickly. So it says this. This is Paul speaking to the church in Rome and he says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay, that is a promise. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And listen, how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? Now to put this in some poetic language, next slide for me, Lucy. This is from the message and I think this really frames it well for us today. And this is what I want you to remember. It says in the message version, everyone who calls help God gets help. But how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they have not heard of the one who can be trusted? And this is what I want us to take home today. And how can they hear 
if nobody tells them? How can they hear if nobody tells them? And how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do it? <clears throat> so Paul is speaking to the church in Rome here, and he's speaking to a group of Jews, essentially. And he's saying pretty much what we just talked about. He's saying, you've kept this message to yourself. Your life has been radically transformed. You've experienced hope like you've never experienced before. You've experienced peace. You've experienced purpose. You've found salvation. And you've kept it to yourself. So what does he say to them? People need to hear about this message. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Anyone, no matter what you look like, no matter your sexuality, your gender, your race, your background, your proclivities, your sin, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's what he says. But nobody knows. We've kept it a secret. And Paul's saying to the church, how can anyone turn to Jesus if they don't know that he can save them? And I believe that's just the same for us today. That maybe we haven't been keeping our faith a secret, but maybe over the past five to 10 years, as the global church has seemed, especially in the West, has seemed to move this way. Excuse me. Especially in the West, how we find that we say, oh, my, my faith is personal. My faith is individual to me. Now, my faith is kind of, it's, I don't want to put it in people's face, so I, I kind of just do the relevant thing and, and I, I'll live it. And if people ask, I'll answer, but I kind of just want to be known as a good person. And then when they ask why, then I'll tell them. Maybe you've fallen into some of those sides of things. I know I have in my life. I thought, you know, I don't want to push it down people's throat. And I, I'd say a time in, in society that was probably appropriate. Because there was a, a season of church, wasn't there, where there was very, very heavy teaching on, turn to Jesus or you're going to hell. And there was this heavy sort of fiery preaching that people, the world was listening to and going, I don't sense any love from the church. So the church responded and what did our gospel become about? God is just love. It's all about love. And yes, God is love. But also we need to be a people that live our faith from the center of who we are, that live our faith on display for people to see. Lucy, next slide for me. It says in Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 15 or 14 to 16. It says everyone, oh, sorry. It says, here's another way to put it. So this is like essentially Jesus via the message version here, responding to that feeling, responding to that, have I been living my faith out? This is what the words of Jesus would say to us today. He says, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. And listen to this. This is where the rubber hits the road for you and I as Christians. It says, keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you will prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. By invitation only. This is not a, like I said, a scheme to invite a friend to church, although that might be part of it. This is an invitation for people to see your lives. For us to be Christians, like it says, you're here to be the light. And what do we do with light? We let it shine. To quote an old child song that we used to sing. But it's just that. We don't keep a light under a bucket, Jesus says. We put it on a stand and we let people see it. I love the language of the message. We're going public with this. And that's what we sense this year that God is calling us to do. I've done something in you now. I want to do something with you. I've given you a depth this last year. Now we're going to start moving. Now we're going to see some things move. We're going to see some things turn. By invitation only, I believe that you will see your friends saved. Now, a side note. Some of you are troubled. 
because you think this is a theological statement. This isn't a theological statement. Can God meet people without an invitation? 100%. If you were to read on in Romans, God literally says, am I not seeking all people always? Am I not chasing every single human heart down every waking moment? And God can meet people in an instant and they can find a Bible and they can come out like they are, they've known everything all their life. And that's an exception in my experience in what I read of church history more times than not. It is because of the faithful invitations, the faithful work of God's church that people will come and find hope and home in Jesus. By invitation only, I believe we will see our community changed. By invitation only, I believe that we will see people come in this room and find breakthrough and find healing and be restored. It's time to go public with this. You might be like, why? And I don't, I don't want to say take my word for it. Why should we be a people of invitation? Well, plain and simple. Let's look at this. Matthew 28 says this. And Jesus came to him and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, to Jesus. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey, uh, to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Why should we be a people of invitation? Because Jesus commands us as his church to be a people that live out this faith for the world to see, to invite people into the presence of Jesus, to invite people into our lives and to show them what Jesus has done for us. Why should we be a people of conviction? Well, because it is the overflow. Uh, sorry, people of invitation, because it is the overflow of our convictions. When you have a conviction that Jesus has changed your life, and you walk shoulder to shoulder with people that are living hopelessly and in despair and living in pain and living with a view that the future is going to be worse than their past. A person of conviction can't but share, hey, there is hope for you. Hey, there is promise for you. Hey, there is so much more that you could be living in your life. It is the overflow of our conviction. And thirdly, because we love people. Hey, what did Jesus command of us? Love the Lord your God with heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. The call of a Christian is to love people. And if we want to love people, we need to invite people into the one thing that will cure their self-sabotaging nature. The one thing that can actually lift their head, the one thing that can give them hope, the one thing that can give them peace, the one thing that can actually offer salvation, that is the person of Jesus. It's because we love people. So uh, there's, uh, this sort of walks itself out, next slide for me, Lucy, in two, in two ways. There is what we have to do as a church, so as an organization, as a as a community, there are things that we can do as a church. And then there's some things that you can do as individuals. There's some things that every single one, one of us can do. And there's things that we all need to do as a body. Turn to the person next to you, say, by invitation only. Nice. That was a water break, thank you. <laughs> Anyone else throat tickling here? Is it just me? <laughs> just a little bit. I'll take that. Nice. Okay, so first let's look at what can we do as a church? What do we need to do as a body to essentially align ourselves, to prepare ourselves for what God wants to do this year when we as a church step into that by invitation only? Three things. We need to create spaces. We need to equip leaders and we need to build people. That's what we as a church can do. And then we'll look in just a moment at what you can do as an individual in your world to embody this vision. So we uh, need to be creating spaces, equipping leaders and building people. That's what we're going to do this year. So what I want to do is we're going to walk through these three things. Got some fun announcements for us, some things that are going to be happening. And then it's also going to give you a little bit of an oversight of what we do as a church already. 
So firstly, creating spaces. You can flick for me, Lucy. Creating spaces is all about access points. Spaces are things that are where people can come and get involved and can access and connect with the church. So some things like a Sunday gathering, it would be the most obvious sense of connection or the, the most obvious sense of an access point or a space. There would be groups, there would be things that you go to, whether it's the running group or whether it's the, the guys group who I know had a long day yesterday. Some of you are looking a little tired today. We've got some thumbs up, nice. We have teams that people serve in. We have various events that people come to in the community. We have our community care stuff, so when we respond to crisis. We have our session stuff, so as our discipleship begins to get going. These are access points for people to come and encounter God and come and encounter you, come and encounter the community. And we also have our digital and our online. So that's currently what we already have. These are things where it's kind of like you imagine little funnels that people, when we say, for example, you want to invite someone from your life, they've got some stuff going on and they really don't want to come to church because they feel like, ah, this is, it's just not my thing. Well, maybe a group is a space that they could exist in before they step into a space like this. As a church, we need to create as many spaces as possible so that we as individuals can bring people into, but also so we can create environments for people to encounter God, for you and I to encounter God together. But there's a couple of new things that we want to do this year that I think are going to be really important for this. So the first thing that we're going to kick off this vision year is something called roundtables. I'm really, really excited about this. Roundtables is going to be a, they're like one-off events and they're going to be hosted around a commonality of people in the church or a demographic of people in the church. For example, we want to host conversations around things that you guys are wrestling with in your own lives. For example, there's a high percentage of people in this church that work in the NHS. We're going to host a round table for people that work in the NHS for you to be able to talk to one another, to be able to grow, to understand what does it mean to be a Christian and, and be in this environment. Because we want to equip you to do what God has called you to do. We are not going to be a church that says to stand on this stage is the most important thing you could do in your life. Not if God's not called you to it. It'll be a distraction from what God has called you to do. So roundtables are going to be equipping you to be who God has called you to be. There's a lot of people in our church that work for a BAE. What would it look like to host a roundtable of people that work in BAE? Like, could you pray for the business? Could you... Could you pray for the people that you work with? Could you, could you come together and be Christians together in an environment that needs Jesus? Maybe there's a group of people in our church that are business owners or entrepreneurs. Maybe what would it look like to build a group of people that love Jesus and wanted to build godly businesses? Well, that's what Roundtables is going to be. And I think it's going to be a really, really special space where we can get people together and ultimately send them out. What did Paul say to the church of Rome? How can anyone hear unless they're told and how will they be told unless someone is sent? So part of our responsibility as a church is to equip you to go and do the work, to equip each other to go and be who God has made us to be. So that's something we're going to do. Secondly, what we're going to um, be putting on is Sunday night church. These are really, really fun evenings. So we're going to do Sunday night church once a month or once every other month as we get going. And these are going to be really good because I know we have a lot of shift workers in the church. So we're going to put on a gathering around 6 p.m. on a Sunday evening. And uh, more details will follow of all this. I want to give you just the headlines today. But we want to put something on an evening so those of you who are not able to come every Sunday morning still have a space that you can come and plug into community. Also, they'll be slightly more creative and a little bit freer to talk about things that we maybe wouldn't talk about here on a Sunday morning. Sunday night church will be, I just think it's a fun atmosphere in the evening when people come together. So I want you to keep your eyes open for those two things that are going to be happening. But the heart of this whole thing is we want to create spaces for people to come and encounter God. And the spaces that we need, the gaps that need filling, we'll put spaces to, to fill those gaps. So creating space is the second thing that we need to be doing as a church is equipping leaders. Lucy, if you flip to the next one. So in our church, we have a high value of leadership. I believe that if you have influence in your life, 
God can use you to lead people. So we as a church, again, want to equip you to be leaders. And we also intentionally want to equip people who are going to lead teams in church and lead projects and lead different things in our community. Some of the ways that we do that at the moment is our Sunday teaching. We will always be a Bible-believing, Spirit-filled group of people that want to read God's Word and allow it to shape us. Sunday teaching is so important to equip leaders because ultimately we will just have a group of people that can organize things very well. But if they are not at the foot of the cross, if they are not leading from a place of encounter with Jesus, we have missed the whole boat. So our Sunday teaching, we have groups which we empower people to lead. If you uh, feel passionate about something, there is a group for you to lead. Sessions is a way that we currently start to disciple people, teach people about who Jesus is and about how we live out this Christian life. You can get involved in teams and serve on a team or lead a team. And also we're pretty hot on training as well. If you are part of a team, one of us has been bugging you about doing some form of training or making sure that things are safe and well put together. And I often find that the church can be one of the most upside down places when it comes to doing things right sometimes. Health and safety, what? <laughs> Policies, what? Well, I'm very, very thankful that in this church we have a high value yeah. of creating a safe environment yeah. for you and for your children and for your families to come into this place knowing that things have been thought through. But a couple of things that we're going to do this year, again, I think are going to be really pivotal for equipping leaders. The first thing is we're going to do, do a little bit more work on our values. I believe that God has given us some incredible values as a church. And I, I believe that God just wants to permeate those values through the church. If this church is going to grow, then it needs to grow and not dilute itself. But actually, if we see these values caught hold of by everyone, that is leading teams, that is leading by everyone in the church. I believe that as people come, people will see, wow, you have a value for young people here. You, you really want to empower young people. What's that about? What well, one of our values is to make kings and queens. We want to see people who know who they are, grounded in their identity in Christ, going out and doing what God has called them to do in the best way possible. That's our value. So this year, we're going to work on our values. We're going to get them into your hands so that you see them, so that you can embody them, so that we as a church can really run with them. And secondly, we are going to be hosting the Global Leadership Summit this year. And this is dead exciting. This is a space where we are going to be inviting local businesses, local organizations, Christian charities, Christian people, other churches, anyone in this room who is interested in leadership. And we are going to be putting on this one day conference or event all around leadership and growth and development because we believe that God has placed future within you. And we want to be a church that sees you step into that. So that's something we're going to do this year. That's happening in February. The date just slipped my mind. Is it the 11th? The 11th. Yeah, the 11th of February. So that's going to be fun. So we're going to create spaces. We're going to equip leaders. And thirdly, as a church, we are going to build people. This is something that I believe that we, we must do. If I'm saying to you, we need to invite our worlds, then you also need to be able to trust that the church is equipped to journey people, to create journeys and pathways for people to be spiritually formed. I always say to people that you can trust the church to invite your friends to church because all of these gatherings that we do are made with people in mind. They're made to be accessible for people. So you as a church can know that we've thought about it, that we're putting things in place that we can set, set up your friends, set up your family when they come into this room, when they come into one of our spaces, that they will be looked after, cared for, known, loved, seen. So one of the ways we do this currently is through our group leaders, our amazing set of group leaders who give up their time every single week to make sure that you are known, that you're spoken to, to make sure that you know you have someone to go to, people that are looking out for you in your life. We do this through teams. One of the teams that always comes to mind is the kids team. They have such a, an amazing bond as a team. They pray for one another. Teams are such an amazing way to get to know people in the church. And kids team definitely is one of those teams that in my mind go, they're more than a team. They're like a little family in themselves. We have our pastoral care 
where we make sure that people get the help that they need when they have stuff going on. We have our next steps and that runs not just on a Sunday, but if people want to know more about Jesus, people want to take that next step in their life, they can do. And also through prayer. We have an amazing group of people that pray. And obviously there's a few switched up um, details at the moment, but there's been a prayer meeting running for years where people have just faithfully met to get together to pray for you, to pray for the church, to pray for our community. And that's going to continue in some form or another. But some exciting things that we're going to see this year that I believe are going to be really pivotal for us. And I believe that as we seek to build people, as we, see, as we seek to see people built up into who God has made them to be, one of the things that we're going to be doing this year is we're going to be employing a youth pastor. We have a high value as a church on young people, on, on intergenerational church in general. But for some reason in the church in the UK, it seems like there is the forgotten age. Kids love church. But teenagers find themselves in a place where they're navigating the world and they're like, I'm not quite sure who I am or what I'm supposed to be doing. I believe that if we invest in our young people, I hate when they say they're the future. Yeah, we know, we know the future because they're going to grow up and probably do my job. And, but they are here now. And there are schools crumbling. Youth suicide is beyond anything you, have, you could even imagine. In our town, in this region, this isn't far removed stuff. Young people are being eaten alive at the moment. So I believe we need to invest in our young people. We need to put something on so that young people can be formed and known so that identities can be rooted in Jesus and not in the ever-changing tides of what they see on social media. And for those wondering, we're not after a big Friday night thing with flashing lights and a big event. I want to see young people reading the Bible together. I want to see young people praying. I want to see young people set on fire with the Holy Spirit that they cannot but see their schools changed. So that's something exciting that we're going to be doing and that will be happening around January time. But again, more details to follow. One of the things we did this year is we made a staffing change and Holly stepped into the role of an associate pastor. And really that role uh, is a role to look after people in the sense of to make sure that every single person is, where, uh, is in a place where they're known and seen and loved and where people can journey through the church and get to the places they need. It's not a pastoral care role in that sense, but it's making sure that everyone is where they should be, not in a controlling sense. And if you need pastoral care, well, here's a team for this. Oh, you need discipleship? Oh, there's a team for this. Holly will be looking over baptisms and child dedications and marriage and that sort of life stuff that's really, really important for us as individuals. And that's going to be important because Holly's going to be making sure that when people enter this place, when people come into this room, when people come into our space as a church, that they will be journeyed appropriately to where they're supposed to be. And then finally, the last thing that we'll be doing to build people is we're just going to make sure that we can actually welcome people into our church. I know that sounds like such a simple thing. Oh, that's not much of an announcement, but how many times do people come to church or come to a group or a space and they leave just feeling like, I don't know if anyone ever saw me there. Well, we're going to be doing some work to make sure that if people want to join this church, they can, and it's smooth, and they have all the information they need, and Holly's going to be heading up that process. And I'm excited. I think this is going to be an important thing. So as a church this year, we are going to be creating spaces, equipping leaders, building people, so that us as individuals, by invitation only, as we step up to that call, that you trust and that you have a comfort to know that when I stick my neck out to invite my world, into these spaces, they'll be thought of. There's a journey ready for them to go on. So that's exciting. There's some stuff we're going to do as church. And just to sort of tie off some other things, there are three sort of random things that don't fit into a category. So I put other. So this is the other section. We are still ticking on with our building project. And I believe that God is it's all in his timing. Okay, 420,000 pounds is sat in the bank right now, minus a pledge, but sat in the bank. And 
God has continued to bring money in. Did you know, I think it's around 36,000 pounds just this year was given into the building projects and we've barely even spoken about it. It just seems like God is doing something. And I had a call the other day off a friend who is involved in church buildings all around the world. And he phoned me and said, God's, I feel like God's put it on my heart to tell you that he is going to use the process of building to fill the building when it's built. So he was like, don't worry about the end product, worry about the process. So we're leaning into the process. I said to someone the other day, it feels like this project's hanging on by a hair. And he said to me, if it's God's hair, you're all right. And that's what it feels like. Every step of the way, we are, we are in rooms we should not be in. We are in conversations that we never imagined we could be in. Money has come in far beyond what we expected. God is doing something. Do I have any more information than that? Nope. I just say, watch this space and see what God does, as will I. So uh, I think that's really exciting. Second thing, some of you have been asking a lot about the prison stuff. We've been looking to start some some work in the prisons and that is still ticking over. It's taken us nearly 12 months to even get conversations with them through various leadership changes and various other random things. We're still on the path uh, to doing something in the prisons. I believe that they are dark places that need the hope and light of Jesus. So we will do something in there. I know it's gonna happen. More and more momentum and little conversations seem to build. So I'll keep you updated. And finally, our community engagement it is a, a value of ours to be a voice of influence. And we've been invited into some fun rooms you know, with the police and the councils and you know, town councils and borough councils and all that sort of stuff. We will continue to step into those spaces and have our voice be heard as a church and talk about things that we know that matter. And um, I'm excited. I think... I think it's going to be some, uh, we're going to see some good stuff this year. So there are some things we're going to do as a church and you might be like, okay, that's all good. I'll sit and wait for that to happen. Well, you are part of this church and that can only happen through your involvement. So I want to encourage you to get involved in some of these things that are going to be happening. Make sure you come to these gatherings. Make sure I'm speaking to the people who are here. So you're already here. Well done. But I want to encourage you to be here, not because we need bums on seats, but because it is an atmosphere where people can encounter God. It's an atmosphere where you can encounter God in a different way than just being sat on your own. These are really significant. But each of us has responsibility to live out this vision for this year by invitation only in a way. So what can you do? I've put some practical things down for you and I to embody this mission as we leave this room. Here are some things we can do. Tell your story. Every single one of us has a story of transformation where God has done something in our life, has done something in our heart. Tell your story. Your story is one of the most underrated ways that people see Jesus. Use your story to show people who he is. Maybe you should talk about Jesus a little bit more in your life. Someone asked me once, when you say you talk about God, do you mean you talk about church or do you talk about Jesus? And I was like, oh, conviction moment. I think I talk more about church than I do Jesus. Now, I want to caveat every single one of these things and say, don't be weird. <laughs> okay? I'm not at all setting us up to be a church with picket signs and showing up outside around like we're not we don't need to go down that line okay because that stuff's easy being weird is easy because you don't have to care about the people you do it in spite of the people and again no judgment just my opinion but you do it in spite of the people but when you say i am going to speak to my coworker about jesus because i know that they need it it costs you something it causes you to have to be brave it causes you to have to stick your neck out and you might get ridiculed on the, you know, say you're a builder and you're like, you want me to talk about Jesus? Do it in a way that works for you. I'm not saying wear the Jesus wristband and put it in people's face. If that's what you do, fine. I wouldn't do that. But I'm saying we don't need to be weird. God has created you just as you are and you are enough to tell your story and to talk about the one who has changed your life yeah. as a way you would talk about anything else. Don't try and become something else. Yeah. Be who you are. Maybe it's about praying with people. The same person that asked the question, do you talk about church or Jesus said this, do you pray for people or do you pray with people? 
And I was like, ah, oh, conviction moment. I pray for people. Ah, oh, I'm really sad. Sorry to hear about it. I'll be praying for you. Ah, it's so easy to say in it. How many of us actually do? No, I, there's been times in my life where I haven't. Ah, oh, I've been praying for you. I'll pray for you. Yeah? And then I've completely forgotten. Wouldn't it be a little bit of a difference if we invited people into the presence of Jesus by saying, hey, I know this is a little strange and I know like it's not really your thing, but can I pray with you today? Just it'll take 10 seconds. I just want to pray with you and see what the Holy Spirit does in that person. Like I said, God is chasing down every single human heart. Your invitation might just be the thing that makes everything click. Hey, can I, can I pray with you? I know this is weird, but can, just five, five seconds, I'll, I'll pray with you. I believe, it'll, I believe you'll see change. Now it causes us to go like, oh, really? Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens if we as a church step up to this by invitation only. And you watch what the Holy Spirit does. You watch how these people respond. Maybe it looks like inviting people to a gathering or inviting people to your group. Or maybe it looks like inviting people around to dinner. <clears throat> like I said, we like high fences and small tables. Maybe this is the year of no fences and big tables. Metaphorically. I think our fences already blew down in the wind anyway, so we're living it right out. <laughs> big tables. Community inviting people into your world to live out the message of Jesus as they see you with your children, with your family, with your friends. They will say something has happened on the inside of this person. I want to encourage you, know your neighbors. Invite people into your life. Invite questions. Let me just put it like this. The truth is not afraid of questions. And guess what? You have permission to say, I don't know. Okay, you don't have to have an answer for everyone. You can say, why don't you ask the Holy Spirit this question? You know what, if you don't know the answer to a question, you can either say, let's pray about it, or, hey, let me put you in touch with someone who can help. But you don't need to have all the answers, but invite questions. We shouldn't be afraid of questions. And then talk with our hands as one of our values. Live it out. Don't just talk. Don't just speak about Jesus. Don't just speak about hope and speak about peace. Live this stuff out in your life so people can see that you are different. So I want to get the band up here. And what we've done today, you'll see it over uh, the back right or left, whatever side of the room you sat on over there. Over there. And we have something that I really want you to engage in today. And what, what we're going to do is, after this gathering, I want you to think of five people in your life. We're going old school youth ministry right here. I want you to think of five people in your life that you are going to pray for, that you're going to intentionally invite, whether it's into your world, to your dinner table, to church, whatever it looks like. Five people that come to mind that maybe the Holy Spirit's been nudging you about, that you're going to be like, I'm going to keep praying for these five people. And over on the back, you can write it down on a card and you can pin it up. And then next week, we're going to be praying over all of these people. Yeah. So I want to encourage you at the end of the gathering, head over and do that. But I want you to remember one thing, that your life is the authenticator for all of your invitations. The way you live will show people that you are serious. And our fuel comes from the cross, comes from Jesus. Our energy comes from Jesus. When excitement fades and hype settles down and fear sets in, Jesus will still be there. Okay, this vision will not be stepped into this year through pure excitement or encouragement, but through an encounter with Jesus. It is from our convictions that we live this out, not instead of. And finally, I want to encourage you to be bold. What would the world look like if the church found a boldness again? The sort of church that spread through the early centuries like wildfire. That's all boldness. And I believe that we can have that right here, right now. Why? Because we encountered Jesus. Not because of ideologies or plans or dreams or new initiatives, but because we encountered the living God. Now I want you to imagine this church full of people. Full of people that people can't sit down 
Why? Because too many people want to come and hear about this life-changing message. That so many people are seeing their friends set free from addictions and set free from things that have held them in their lives that they can't but come and see what this thing is about. I want you to imagine your friends sat next to you in church, the ones you've been praying for all your life. I want you to imagine your workplaces holding prayer meetings. I want you to imagine talking scripture at the school gates because people are getting saved so quickly. I want you to imagine people praying with one another and God moving in a way. I want you to imagine the Holy Spirit breaking out in your huddles and your football teams. I want you to imagine God moving through this community because His people are available to be used by Him. By invitation only, we will see these things come to pass. By invitation, as we step out and be bold, I believe that the Holy Spirit will move upon our bravery and move upon our obedience, that we will see things we have never seen before in this church and in this community. If the church would step up and be used by God, there is no telling what He will do. We're going to... um, I'm going to ask the team just to play a song. I know we've run over slightly, but I don't want us to miss this moment. And they're going to sing a a song called First Love. And I want you to, in this moment, just invite the Holy Spirit to do two things, to show you your part of this vision and also to give you a revelation that this is what God wants from this church and from you this year. And I want you to take note of the people that come to mind and begin to pray for them. And as we talk in this song about our friends coming back to Jesus and our world finding hope again, I want you to keep in your mind that when the church steps up to be used by God, amazing things happen. Let me pray and then I'll pass over. Father God, I want to thank you for this time today. God, I thank you that you are here, you are moving, that this is your church that you are building. God, I thank you for the honor that we get to be part of it at this time. God, I pray right now as we sit and as we listen to these words, Holy Spirit, would you convict us? Would you give us a boldness to be a people of invitation? Put people on our hearts today that we need to speak to and be intentional with. And God, may we see your kingdom come in this area. May we see a mighty move of your spirit in our families, in our workplaces. God, would you do it in our lifetime? We're willing and we're hungry, God. Teach us to be a people of invitation. In Jesus' name we pray.